The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis. My name's Tom Jordan. At the weekend, Boscombe picked up a point against Chelsea in front of the Sky cameras on Sunday. And whilst myself and Tom prepare our notes to go over it shortly, this was how fans reacted at full time. Tiggs was on the mic. Here we are outside DCD Court and uh, a nil-nil between Bournemouth and Chelsea today, but not by any means a dull nil-nil. It was quite exciting. I quite enjoyed myself. What about you, Ollie? That was probably the most exciting nil-nil I've ever watched. Wow. That was, I mean, Neto, top draw today. He definitely made up for Brentford because, uh, of course, he made that mistake. I think he, he played his socks off today and definitely deserved that man of the match. I think uh, Robert Sanchez, uh, who was in, in goal for them, I think I think he played he played pretty well as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there were there were two chances right near the end. Or oh, if we'd have scored them, honestly, I, I think I think it was probably it was yeah. It was, I I think on paper Chelsea dominated, but if you actually watched the game, then you would understand it. It was a lot more equal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was an amazing game, an amazing watch. Um, I think uh, Dom Solanke uh, had a few mistakes, but I think overall he played well. Milos Kerkes thing is like at this point we know he's so good that when he isn't like out of this world we're like oh he hasn't had that good of a game today but he has he's he's just not performing as high as he was last week sure. uh, but I still think he played amazingly you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean Aaron's first half especially amazing um, honestly I, I didn't even see Mikhailo Madrick you know must have been in uh, Aaron's pocket it was 
yeah, it was genuinely like one of the best displays that I've seen at right back at for Bournemouth in a long, long time. Fantastic. How do you think Chelsea fans won't be feeling after that game? Do you think they'll be feeling a bit aggrieved that they didn't get something more from it? Or do you think they'll be looking at it back and thinking, do you know what? Do you know what? That was reasonably even. They'll be happy with a draw. I'd probably think that they'd say a bit of both because on paper, of course, like I said, they, they were definitely victorious. Um, and as I said, when uh, when you're watching it, it was a bit more even. And I'd even say Bournemouth edged it there. So I think that it, they can believe... I think certain Chelsea fans will say, oh, we should have won that. Look at this stat. Look at this stat. And others will be like, oh, did you see some of their chances? We were very lucky not to, not to lose that. But I think especially um, in the second half, we, we came out and we just played so much better. Um, and I think we were definitely lucky going in um, half-time, nil-nil. Um, but, I mean, of course, that, that means we've let, let down everyone else because we haven't broken the record for uh, most consecutive what was it? Uh, most consecutive games without a nil-nil in the Premier League? Almost, almost. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ali. All the best. Right, Good to see you. Hey. I'm Sam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Sam. Yeah, so I thought we should have nicked that. I really thought we should have nicked that. Okay. I, they, weren't, they, were sh they weren't good, were they? <laughs> they weren't good. I, I feel like you spend that much money, yeah. you expect to do something. I thought Sinister looked all right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we really should have nicked it. We had our opportunities, didn't we? We did yeah, have our opportunity. The, the, the Dango shot, yeah. I really thought that was it. And then, I don't know, they had a few chances. That net of save, I can't yeah. remember what it was. It was stunning. Yeah. But yeah, the man of the match deserved, really deserved. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, thinking about the team generally then and how they play today, I mean... It's positive. I think it is positive, isn't it? I just feel like we've had a tough run first, first bit of the season. Yeah. I feel like this is the one I thought we should have got. But, I don't know, the next few matches, they don't see much in it. Yeah. But I don't think it's a negative sign. After that, I feel like around November-ish, we'll really get going. And I feel like we can get some, you know, get some momentum behind us. And, so just yeah. pick it up a little bit here, here and yeah, there, exactly. between now yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, relegation isn't a question, I don't think, now. Okay. I hope. <laughs> thanks, Sam. It's, it's positive. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Thanks, thanks for coming on. I enjoy watching it, so thank you. Come on again. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hi. Let's switch sides now. I don't usually do this very often. How are you? You both okay? Yeah, yeah, really good, really good. I'm sorry, happy with a point. But I think we've definitely dropped points today. Oh, really? Definitely dropped yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. It should have been at least 2 0 I, I think we could have had that. Definitely could have had that. Aaron's man of the match. Yeah, we were just saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. What a class, pure oh, class going down that side. So, yeah, very happy, but I think we dropped points. And Guys. the way we're playing football, you know, Ariola's kind of style, that, that's suiting you both? Is that you'd like it? Yeah, it's yeah. It's definitely positive. It's a different approach on sort of what we've done in the past. Um, playing out from the back. Not a huge fan of, fan of that. Um, but it so, seems to be on the fast-paced breaks. We seem to be doing all right. Yeah, the second half, like the the, the first half of the second half, wasn't great. Right, if I'm being yeah. honest, with the whole plan out the back. What's it all about? Boot it up the front. <laughs> you know, we've got the class up the front. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that worries me. But yeah, I think we're playing really well. Yeah, as I say, gutted we didn't get three points. Absolutely gutted. But there you go. Considering the players a little bit, the, the players that didn't get on the pitch though, like Semenyo, who's doing so well before Brooks came on quite late. You surprised at the team that started the game? Yeah, I think Brooks should have either maybe not started, but he should have came on potentially half time. Um, he definitely made a lot more happen, sort of going into sort of the later, later half of the second half. Um, yeah, I, I would like I would have liked to have seen Brooks come on a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier, definitely. I'm surprised we didn't make some substitutions sort of straight, up, you know, straight into the second half would have been yeah. nice. But yeah, I think we were. I think we were all over them, really, to be fair. Tough, tough you know, fixtures coming up, though. 
with, with who we've got coming up, I think it's going to be difficult to get points, and I, I think that is a couple of points potentially that we may have dropped that we might kick ourselves later on. So, but time will tell. There you go. Yeah, it's looking still positive, though. Still positive. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. We're definitely staying up. We're staying up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Let's carry on. Hey, mate, how are you doing? I'm all right. You? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting turned around today. I know. What did you think? Interesting game. Uh, first half descended into what can sometimes happen when you've got two teams that want to sit deep and counter, and yeah. you end up in a sort of stalemate. And not a lot really happened, and it was a bit sort of feeling each other out, and quite happy at half time, and um, got in nil-nil. Second half was a bit more exciting. Both teams pushed up a little bit more, tried to play a little bit more progressively rather than just relying on the counter. Um, and we looked, we had a couple of decent chances, but I think a draw was probably just about right. Obviously, they hit the post early on. Neto made a couple of bizarre saves, but they were saves nonetheless. Um, yeah, reasonably happy. It's one of those games where you're um, slightly disappointed you didn't win, but you're delighted you didn't lose. So I'll be yeah. quite happy to go on with that in the uh, yeah a point in the positive column. Those players look absolutely worn out by the end of that game. They're on the floor. They're out on their feet, I thought, yeah. That's the style that we're going for, is it? Absolutely, yeah. And you appreciate some of them have been away on international duty and he's taking Kirkes off a little bit early because he's been away and playing. Yeah. Uh, but, they, yeah, I mean, it is relentless and fitness is going to be a factor as the, as the season goes on. And I think especially for the wide players, and maybe that's why he's stocked up on wide forwards because they have got to run up and down relentlessly all through the game as well as helping the full-backs. Um, I just want to shout out particularly two players who've not been... Uh, above a bit of criticism uh, Cook and Kelly yeah. uh, both I think had their best games for a long time in yeah, there today great. Kelly I was worried when he moved from centre half to left back that he'd been playing so well centrally that now the, the demands especially against pacey wingers might be a bit, bit much for him but he was actually even better at left back and we yeah. saw him getting forward which is not something we he always see from Kelly didn't he? he did uh, and Lewis Cook I thought was, was possibly the best player on the park his range of passing was good his interceptions were excellent really pleased for him because it's nice to see him finally perhaps cementing that role in there Fantastic. Thank you, Andy. Man. All right, That's cheers, yeah, thanks all this. Hey, you Ben. Doing you right? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm pleased with that. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very content, I would say, is a good good adjective. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just solid. Like Defensively, we were good. We created yeah. chances. And compared to Chelsea, let's say, five, five, six years ago, they looked a shadow of what they were. And we've... Yeah. we've we showed that we've improved as well because we gave them a proper good game. I, I think second half we were the better side. Yeah. Oh, and um, but I, I, yeah, again, as a unit, we are really good. And it, today we we had such a strong team. Like our bench was crazily strong. And yeah, starting eleven was good. Thought Watara was a little bit off it, but still yeah. was okay, um, which is good. So he's just come back from injury, and he's and he's done all right. I thought Clive was good. The I think the subs were perfect. Yeah. Like, um, and Lloyd Kelly played like he was a 40, 50 million pound player today. He was brilliant, 100%. wasn't he? 100%. And you can, you can see why somebody like Tottenham wanted him, because they see that in him. And if he starts to do that on a regular show, then I don't see why he can't start ahead of Senesi. Yeah. Because even that Senesi hasn't been bad, but Kelly Kelly played better than I've seen Senesi play recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Which is good for the competition for spaces, because now we've got really good depth. It seems like the players are happy, you know. Everything was positive today, I would say. Definitely. Uh, what, what about uh, Dom today? There was a little bit of um, early on... First, you know, his first touch being a little bit heavy, and yeah. but he's doing all right, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. still vital to us. Yeah, that's, it's, it's what you're going to get with him. You're going to have him, have him be really good in games like Brentford, like I think Liverpool, he was good, West Ham, etc. And then you have games where he's... He, I, I, thought, I thought he was fine. Like, there were yeah. certain aspects of the game today that were really, really good, but then other parts that people pick up on more will be slightly off. And But still, he wasn't bad. But he, he, he was probably one of our less good players. Is, is I don't know if that's correct English, 
but yeah, I, I thought I, I thought he was all right, but he he still makes us click as a team, yeah. which is why you can see that even Keith Moore didn't get on the bench, and like we, that that's why we're solely relying on him. But yeah, I, I, I thought every everyone was at least a seven out of ten today in my eyes. He was uh, he was labelled by some of the Chelsea fans as a, as a Chelsea reject during the game, which I thought was a little bit harsh. But then uh, Nicholas Jackson on the pitch there, some of the Bournemouth fans calling him a Bournemouth reject, and he missed, didn't he, a sitter oh, yeah. from a header. But it's, it, it happens with him. I feel like he's that one of those players that he's quite imposing, can get on the end of balls, but he doesn't quite have that finishing touch. Very raw, I think, is, is the adjective for him. But yeah, I, th- I, I don't think Chelsea were all that, to be honest. I think Cole Palmer came on, wasn't great. No. Fernandez was mad. Mudrick was, I, I thought he was like awful. How, how did he cost that much, really? What, what was it, 70, 80 million for that? Crazy. Wow, but yeah. Anyway, Chelsea weren't very good. We were good. I think we deserved maybe maybe anything more. If you, if you get two points from a game, I think we deserve that. But yeah, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards indeed. Exactly. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Thank All the best. Hey, buddy, how you doing? You okay? I am. Yeah, I think um, with the game, it was it was an eventful one, innit? Yeah. Pretty much it came with two halves. I think the frustrating thing again is that we could have won that game mm-hmm. again. And I think we had the chances just in the final third or final pass. It's just letting us down again. I think the substitutions today worked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just credit to everyone. I think the starting eleven was perfect. Neto made some incredible saves to keep us in it, to be honest. So, yeah, but we really easily could have won that game, to be fair. I think when we were, well, me personally, when I was coming into it, I was a little bit worried because obviously all the signings Chelsea have made so yeah. far. And, you know, a lot of people probably wrote us off wrote us off today. But it just shows that, you know, when you work hard, when you're resilient, when you try and, um, you know, press them as much as you can, then... We got to them, you know, we got under their skin and the frustrating thing is just that we didn't take full advantage of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a point on the board. Not we wouldn't. I mean, I didn't come into the game expecting anything really and truly, but, uh, yeah, we got a point, so we can't complain too much. We go to Brighton next. Now, they, they yes. again, the game against Man United, yes. they, they embarrassed Man United yes, really in many, many ways, but do you think we can go there with a bit of confidence after today to, to actually... Be competitive um, and do something against them. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can. Like I said, I think we proved a lot of people wrong today, quite yeah. frankly. And uh, I think we can go to any game confident. You know, that's the that's the way I would like to. Yeah, be, of course. You know, so uh, yeah, I think we can get something from Brighton. I remember going to the Amex last year, and it was Matoma's head out last minute or whatever it was. I remember it was, that, uh, yeah. it was a uh, it stung, you know. But I think yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Max Aaron's had a uh, lovely game. So him versus Matoma next weekend will be a. Um, an exciting battle. Yeah, it's a different matchup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. hopefully Aaron's can uh, can come on top. Yeah, but yeah, I think, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. I think um, we're starting to see what Iriola is trying to implement. Ryan Christie, I think for me, is becoming a pivotal part of what we're trying to implement. And uh, yeah, up the cherries. Brilliant, man. Thank, Thank you. Good to see you. All the best, buddy. So look, we've been busy over the weekend. On Sunday, it was right. Wait for this. Foley versus Bowley, but holy moly, whilst Tiggs was eating some cannoli. It was a tale of two goalies. Well, that was really good. Yeah. Well, that give us, I mean, goalie. Give us a like. That's what it's all yeah, about. But it absolutely. was. withdrew nil-nil with Chelsea. And mm. I came out thinking, I watched an exhilarating game. Yeah, a boy. game full of chances. There was counter-attacking. It was exciting. I read the BBC report on my phone and it said it was forgettable. And Bournemouth had a lacklustre start to the season. They don't get it. That's just very lazy, isn't it? Just see it. Because I think it was the first nil-nil of the season in the Premier League. So I think everyone's kind of going, oh, not much happened there. When really, I've seen a lot more games that have been goals in and there weren't as many chances. And I think it almost felt, there's a few times, I think particularly if you watch the highlights or matches of the day or whatever, where you see like them nearly score and then we just suddenly break and nearly score ourselves. Like it was a bit like that. 
Um, and I think, really, there were different reasons in the Brentford game. I think in this one, both teams would go, oh, we could have won that. But both teams would go, actually, it was a decent point. Um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll get into it. But I think, um, I've said it on fan cams, mate, I think the um, big compliment for us was that I don't think they were desperate to hurry up or anything in their Chelsea. Um, I thought we'd done enough to, to gain the point. And, but, but we probably didn't do quite enough to win, and so I thought it was fair. So we're pleased to announce uh, this season Back of the Net is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Bournemouth fixture over the 23-24 season. And with 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Bournemouth or Barnsley or... Burton. You said that one before. I'll do another one. Burton. Bury. They've gone. No, Bury have gone. Does it? All right. Yeah. Bradford. Bradford. There he goes. Birmingham. Don't, don't me. I'm going to ask you for a different one. Okay. Over the course of the season. But keep an eye out, of course, during the season for event offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. What were you live on on Sunday, mate? Was it... We were live on... Was it Sky Sports on Sunday? Or was it yeah. TNT? It was Sky Sports. Yeah, now. I mean, Sky Sports. We were on TNT before. That's right. And then our Newcastle match has also yes. been moved because of Sky as well. That's a 5.30 kickoff. But I suppose if you can't get to a game, mate, what's the best thing? Just go to your local Green King Sports pub. They show TNT and Sky Sports games. So get down there. Yeah, so goalless then, and the Bournemouth steadily rise up that league table. It's a slow progression, but there it is on screen. You can see that lovely little green arrow there. AFC Bournemouth in 15th. We haven't got a win. And like we said, that's what some panellists and some so-called pundits will be focusing on the most. But I think most of us who are in that stadium and watch the game, or maybe you watched it on TV, you can see that under Andoni there is some identity and there is some progression as as well. So there we go. We're in 15th. And also, we've got the other 14 table as well, which shows we're in a good place on zero, which really doesn't mean anything too much. But we're as expected, put it that way. So Chelsea then, big mm. spending Chelsea. Were you, were you nervous on Sunday morning? Or did you have a feeling that we could have a chance of getting something at them? Because that Nottingham Forest result surely mm. gave Bournemouth fans a lot of hope. Yeah, I was I was near already because I felt like, as you said, uh, the some of the the start of the season they've had and the Forest result makes you think, oh, you never know. Like, like you said, we know that that we're playing pretty well, so I thought you never know. This isn't a given for Chelsea. But equally on the other side, I think you always think with the quality they've got, they've got to click at some point. And I was wary that a little international break, people like Sterling didn't have to go, and you think, oh, might they have sorted a few bits out? Who knows? So I wasn't sure already. It felt like typical with playing Chelsea this season I wasn't really sure what was going to happen so yeah I was kind of going to it quite open um, my concern I guess was that the results the game they struggled with in sorry was West Ham and Forest they lost to and I feel they play quite a counter-attacking style low blood let the other team have the ball and I was wondering if we could adapt enough to that because we've been quite on the front foot trying to have the ball ourselves so I think we adapted a little bit because of the opposition we had but yeah, I, I went into it very openly and the game transpired kind of as I expected in terms of they weren't brilliant, but they're not awful. They've still got good players. Now, I know that you've not watched the vlog yet, so I'm going to ask you this question that I put to Tiggs on the vlog because it was on one of the WhatsApp groups that I'm in. So we've beaten Chelsea four times since we've been in the Premier League. We've only beaten two other teams more than that. Oh, bloody hell. Do you think you could name... I think you can because you're an encyclopedia of football knowledge. Uh... 
off the top of my head, let's go Swansea. No. Oh, damn it. Um, Everton? Correct. Uh, Wolves? No. no. Um, God, I need to hurry this up. I'm like, come on, Tom. Are they in the Premier League now? I said a cue. No. They're not. It's not the scum. Leicester? Yeah, there you go. Not bad. I'll give you that. Got no clue in the end, though, because I was able to gone for all the Premier League teams. And you know what? Funnily enough, T's named some of the same clubs as well. He, did he get there at the end? He got there at the end. At the very end of the vlog, he finally got there. So, yeah, we were playing a team that we're capable of getting a result against. This was the 11 that took to the pitch. I didn't manage to catch you before the no. game, mate. So, I, I didn't. Uh, but I saw you afterwards where you said you got 10 out of 11. I'm getting fed up, though. I mean, the last game, the reason I got one wrong was because Jane Anthony left the football club. And this one, Dangle Batara comes in and everywhere. I mean, how was I supposed to predict that? So, I. I was quite happy in the sense that I made that kind of bold claim that I thought Kenny might come back in, yeah. which happened, and I felt that Tav would start when a lot were saying maybe Brooks. So, yeah, I just had a feeling. But, um, yeah, Danga, that was a, a nice surprise. And I think a lot of people have said, you know, with the amount of time he's had out, he hadn't kicked the ball for us yet. Um, it was a surprise selection, which I appreciate. But equally, I think the way Andoni spoke about how he wants his subs to make an impact and we're tiring out, it was probably better to start him and then have all them players on the bench rather than expecting him to make an impact off the bench when he's been out for so long. So I didn't mind it. Um, and yeah, you looked at our subs bench and he slapped the strongest subs bench we've ever had. Even match of the day picked up and did. And I think even Jermaine Jenis said that if you if you were to pick one that you'd want, you'd you'd probably have Bournemouth. Mm. And that that was so strong. Look at that talent. I think obviously it was. Helped by Justin Clivert's performance in the end. Of course. Because, you know, you're looking at that name. I think his name probably has a reputation where we haven't really seen that much of Justin, really. But there, he showed himself on, on a big stage and he did really well and made such an impact. But, yeah, you you have a look at those names and yeah. that's strong. And the players that we can't even put in there. Yeah, Mepham and Moore both get onto their subs bench um, comfortably. And then you obviously realise that you're out. Like Fredericks, but you're also, uh, more importantly, without Tyler Adams and without Alex Scott still. I think, looking at that bench there, Chelsea, two of the ones I brought on, I think you'd obviously say you'd probably rather Chilwell than Sarah Smith, and then you'd say Cole Palmer maybe over Trailway. But apart from that, you know, ours is comfortably a stronger bench. And yeah, and that's, as much as Chelsea got injuries and stuff, that's still very positive from our point of view, that you look at that subs bench, and we'll get onto it, but I thought it was noticeable, I said to you off air, that this was the first game where I felt we ended strong. Because I think in the other games, which is understandable with the new philosophy and way of playing, we've tired. So you're saying that once we've made the changes, we look stronger. It's the first time I thought we've ended the game just as likely to score as the opposition. Where in all the other games, you know about the Brentford one, they scored late. I never, I always felt like they were the ones on top in the last 10. And all the substitutions were were like for like as well. Yeah. Which I think it was really good. Apart from uh, Tedeschi moving Kenny across. I know you mean, yeah. And but yeah, you look at the Chelsea injuries; they have got some players out, haven't they? But then you know we have as well. I know it's mm. different levels. However, I was quite happy yeah. with that, and it was quite interesting. Chris Temple talked about on Twitter then mm. the media narrative that's been started to been painted on uh, by some people on AFC Bournemouth the fact that we haven't got a win. But one thing he did say on his tweet was that I will say that broadcasters from Five Live, Match of the Day, World Feed, they, they took the trouble to speak to local media people, including him, to get some perspective beyond the headlines. And actually, Match of the Day, they did this 
sort of two, three minute segment yeah. before the game as well, talking about Andoni Areola with Gillian Baguet, uh, Balaguet yeah. and others yeah. as well, where they sort of put it into context a bit and they said, you know, board fans, they need to keep the faith. But we've not got that problem. No, we've yeah. not got that problem. It's everyone else. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people point that out because obviously we always joke about how little time we get on match of the day. It was match of the day two, Sunday, when there's only two games. So if you don't get a, a little bit of a segment on that, because they do a lot, I always think that the analysis is a lot longer because only two games to go through. So yeah, take a pitch of salt to a degree, but yeah, go on. And also, they're only allowed contractually on match of the day two, they're only allowed a maximum of 10 minutes of highlights. Yes, okay, so they have to Perfect. do it with a lot of talk. So that's 20 minutes of it, so they have to. They have to. Yeah, of course. But yeah, I think um, that was um, a, a nice little inside bit of info there from Chris Temple saying that you know, people are trying to work bits out because I think really the same people that are saying oh Bournemouth not good have a one in five if you had told them individually to predict them five scores mm. they wouldn't have predicted us to get three points no chance so we're, we're doing better than I think individually in them games no one would say three points I think we've done better than expected it's just it's just a a shame that they're all boxed together in a big load. But what's mad is that if you put Andoni Iriola in a in a job in any club with a large fan base or top six, you just know that the media would be writing these narratives. Yeah. And it would be, it, he would be like talk of the town. He would be number one of the next manager to be, to be sacked list, which is absolutely bizarre. But alas, yeah. we all know that good things are happening. Are good things happening... With the pre-match atmosphere, Tom, because I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this, and I, I appreciate they're trying mm. new things. But I got into the ground quite early because it was absolutely slashing it down. We got nowhere to to drink at the moment. The Great Escape, obviously, it was it was chucking it down, so we couldn't drink out there. We can't go to the toilet out there, but I think unless you go into one of the stands, mm. King's Plaza is nearly ready. Although there was some leakage down one of the sides of one of the tents, so. Not sure what they need to do for that. I'm sure those problems will be sorted. So we, we decided to get in nice and early. Um, in the South Stand, where I was, we'd get a lovely coffee. No alcohol, of course, but Tink's got a, ca- a cannoli cream thing. And we, 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 we. So it's the first time we've been able to absorb mm. what's going on. Um, raising of the flag. What's you got, you got to tell me about this because I missed this. So my Botto introduced it. And um, he said, okay, so we're now going to get an AFC Bournemouth legend to raise the flag. It was almost like some kind of symbolic gesture. Yeah. Let's raise the flag. I think the flag was, I think it was, I can actually see where it was. I've got a feeling it was between the main stand and the Ted Mac, but the actual flag got caught halfway up, so it couldn't actually get Hardly. raised. And then in that DJ booth, there was Paul Williams playing the drums, playing the great escape just as the... Teams were running out onto the pitch. They were also drumming during the game as well. So you've got the North Stand drummer. You've got Adam Woodland in the Ted Mac as well doing his drumming. And then a third drummer as well um, that's like an official drummer. Yeah. And they were even focusing the camera mm. on Paul as well. It feels like they're forcing it a little bit. And arguably, I would say that the best atmospheres that we've had at Dean Court is when none of this happens. Yeah, it's a. It, I want to caveat it all with kind of, you can't have, you can't moan that, because you've seen a lot of people kind of moaning that the atmosphere is so flat. And then when they try things, say, well, that's crap as well. Well, they've got to try. It's got to be a bit trial and error. But for, yeah, for me, I don't think it worked at the weekend. I thought the drumming, I fell for him because you say Paul it was. Paul um, Doing the drumming. And then I don't know if you heard it because it didn't quite get going, fortunately. But when he came on the screen, the Bournemouth North Stand started singing what the Fennel is loud. Because it looked a little bit embarrassing um, as a Premier League club. But 
as I say, I'm happy for them to trial these things and go, right, we've tried that, right, we've seen what the fans said, that didn't work. Move on, let's try something. I get it. I do get you've got to try because I've always ever wanna go, we're not doing anything. So it's difficult. It is difficult. But they're changing it so often that none of the no. stuff can stick. And I just hope that I mean it's clear that the killers seem to be a, a favourite in mm. terms of a song, although the timing of it means that the song was fading out as the as the team was just walking onto the pitch to nothing, the sound of nothing but yeah. but fans. And you know, like I say, arguably um, we've got some incredible things like Nonny, all that kind of stuff. Have to keep that, have to keep the things that work. And they are trying different ideas. The main thing as fans we can do is sing our hearts out. Yeah. But we don't. And it's no. it's starting to really great. Even, even in the Ted Mack where they where they certainly give it a go, it was a bit mm. disjointed at times. Hopefully when we get a new stadium, we can all be together and sort this yeah, safe standing as well. Eh? It's difficult because I'm in the North Stand, obviously. And you've kind of got two groups of singers. You know, one's directly at the back in the centre, and then you've got kind of that far left corner. And what ends up ha end, ends up happening is one of them will start a chant, so then the other ones will try and follow, and they'll be a little bit behind. So then it's, it doesn't work because they're not singing at the same time, so it doesn't sound loud. Um, it's difficult. I, I always put into context that go to all the away games, and I finding very rare that there's a good home atmosphere. I think people who don't go to away games think we're really bad. Compared to most of them, we're just bog standard. You know, we went to uh, Brentford, that's normally pretty good not long ago. That was just as quiet, if not quieter. Um, I think there was a spell where we put a bit of pressure on in that second half, which happens um, going to the North Stand and got a few quarters and stuff where everyone was... And if that, it was okay, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a nil-nil. would have been... I do think if we'd got the lead and stuff like that, we would have been trying to get them over the line. It's... Is what it is, but I think there's going to be a lot of trial and error at the moment, mate. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's not the worst in the league. Is it? I like that from you. You know what? Mm. Whenever you need a measured view, Tom Jordan's your man. I thought I'd never say that. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's talk about what happened on the pitch because mm. we've spoken too much about off it, and we're already what 16, 17 minutes in, which is madness. But look, let's get onto it. And mm. It was an energetic start. Yeah, it was. It really was. Um, one thing that was quite handy for us was that Ryan Sterling was booked early doors, mm, uh, dragging down Solanke. I think Chelsea had a chance, and then we broke, and then he yeah. cynically fouled Dom, which sort of made me think, oh, like we, he might be a little bit cautious for the rest of the game now. Mm. He probably had one of the best chances to to score the game while well, we hit the woodwork with it. But um, it was a game full of energy, mate. And that first half, especially, chances for either side. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was um, two teams that kind of went for it, went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Um, I kind of, I liked it in the sense that, you know, previous Bournemouth teams would have sat off and gave Chelsea probably a bit too much respect. That No disrespect to them, they don't deserve because they're not flying. So you've got to go for it against them. And I thought it was, it's always nervy because you know in transitions, if you get caught, we haven't got the, um, what's the word, the, the type of defensive midfield player yeah. that will stop them. Uh, kind of maybe cynically but so it means that it looks bad because it looks like they're going to break on us at every moment but I felt that then as soon as we got it we broke on them so it was it was exciting it was end to end and as you say from the start of the game I thought well there's no way this is nil nil so it was mad that it ended nil nil but um, yeah it was an energetic start probably from both sides um, I was enjoying it and then I felt like there was a spell probably just after the 10 minute mark where they seemed to get a little bit more of control in the game mm. and we had to ride a few moments out with them with. Yeah, Jackson had a had a low strike. Yeah, it reminded me of a similar move to one of the pre-season games that Clive had running in exactly the same direction, hit the low side of the left-hand post. On the outside of the post, it didn't really trouble Neto whatsoever. It was a very tame shot. So, yeah, that went wide. Um, 
it sort of led me to think if if he had scored, would he have celebrated? Because yeah, Ian McCaird. He was our player for him. Well, the best thing was the uh, Bournemouth rejects when he when he missed singing Bournemouth reject. But I've got to be honest because we've all said, "Oh, we missed one there because he's been looks good and yeah. had that run of it out." I thought he was a donkey. Yeah. Like he runs around. I don't know what you thought. He, he runs around and he's all right. There's no way he's as good as Dom Solanke on that performance. He had that shot in the second half where he practically fell over and, and slashed it wide. There was a header in the yeah. second half that. I didn't, in two in his defence, I don't think he knew much about it, but it just kind of hit him on the head and I would felt kindly for Neto. I will confident, confidently say that Solanke will score more goals than Nicholas Jackson this season. I will clip that up. But just imagine, just referring to back what I was saying, because mm. when he had his medical, just imagine though, had he scored and then he celebrated like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I would both say, yeah, sorry. Get off. Yeah, yeah. Get off. But you know what? It's, um, it was... It was end to end, and Watara, mate. I mean, it's it's funny you watch it back on the TV, and match the day doesn't even capture it properly because it was such a quick free kick. Mm. It was Lewis Cook's idea, yeah, and Christian. Cook, Christian, who just squared it right across, whether it's planned or not. Yeah. And then Watara, the far post. I mean, it was difficult. It was travelling, yeah, relatively fast. You know, he could see an open goal, so you could see why he placed it there. But Sanchez just got across so quick. In hindsight. He might have dinked him. Yes. He might have cut back on his right foot a la Spurs or something. I don't know. Yeah, or, um, you know, Brooksy against Brentford in the last game where he just kind of, he knows the keeper's coming so he just stops it. And uh, But, well, I'm not going to, I mean, I don't think, I think everyone's um, said it that obviously it's unsurprising, but Dango was probably the, the only player that didn't have a great game, really because of the amount of time he's had out. But I don't, I don't put too much on him for that chance. I think it's one of them in that split moment, you just hit it and it, that could easily just fire in. Yes, hindsight, different things, but, he done everything right. He done really well to make that run at the back stick. To be fair to him, um, so yeah, it was one of them. I wasn't thinking that was an absolute sitter miss, but looking back on it, you think, oh, that's a chance. Yeah. And Christian does really well to pull that. Yeah. But it's, it's knowing that Watara's coming in the back stick. I think that's a good sign that you've got a winger that's arriving late like that. I think that's important. One of the things that I just felt during the performance, I know that it was a bit end to end, but there was a really good ebb and flow to the game. But I thought, Paul, if I sort of said this in the title of our fan camps I thought we were controlled though yes does that how can that be when they had quite a few chances and so I don't know it just felt like we did have a control that we maybe didn't have a Brentford yeah I th- yeah I probably agree with that I think that it they, they've said it a few times like this like organized chaos because it doesn't look controlled because it's so basketball gamey but in the way that we are being set out to play that that's going to happen we've got to accept that if we're going to buy into Andoni in the way he wants us to play we're going to give up opportunities mm. but like I say I think that he said it after the game himself that that's the most polished we've looked mm. in terms of ha- what he wants us to give I think that the players all seem like they're in their right pockets they're in their right places where Andoni wants them to be and yes you're going to get caught now and again but I felt that as soon as we then got the ball back we were ready to go which shows that okay that's how we're trying to do things yeah. um and it helps when I thought the the back four in particular and the full backs were as much as we're giving up charts, they're always back there, they're working their socks off. And um yeah, there was some big performance out there, I thought. When you were, when you actually look, if you back if you look back through our second looks or even have an app like uh, Sofa Score or whatever, mm. where you see the average positions, you'll see them on on the screen now. I've noticed for each and every game they're they're almost identical in yeah. terms of our average positions, which show that you know the players have got a philosophy that they are adhering to. And it's it's great to see. And the substitutions that he's making, depending on how the game goes, I think at Brentford, when we had substitutions, it was a bit more defensive, obviously with Meps coming on. Yeah. But then you could see with the substitutions on Sunday, on the whole, it was it was like for like. And I, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. Now, one of the 
players that I want to mention this time. We're doing it sort of chronologically, but yes. we need to obviously just mention things as a whole. There was a really great block from uh, Lloyd Kelly when Ryan Sterling, mm. who, uh, he was a menace yet again, Ryan Sterling. And obviously, we'll talk about his free kick in the second half. But Lloyd Kelly, um, one of many players who I think could have been named man of the match. We'll talk through your own thoughts a bit later on about who was the man of the match. Mm. But Lloyd Kelly, brilliant. What a good performance. Oh, and you said on the fan cams that that is why Spurs were were looking to part with £20 million for him. Because I thought that was so good. Yeah. And I said on the preview, I really want to see a big performance from him. Oh. And we had it. As soon as I saw the lineup, I was um, talking to the Richard Mark Jackson. I was saying that I'm just desperate for Lord to have a good game there. Because, yeah, because of obviously all the moments that he's left out of the squad and then you go, do, do, should we have sold him? Do we keep him? Blah, 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 blah. And that's what you want to see. And I hope he kicks on from that. Because in my opinion, like I said, it's just an opinion. I, I think that Lloyd has that now and again. And then he'll have two bad games. He doesn't seem to... And I've always caveated it with the fact that with different managers, sometimes he's left centre-back of a three, then he's centre-half, then he's left out, then he's full-back. And that must be difficult for him. Then he picks up injuries, blah, blah, blah. But I've just always found that Kelly, he's got them performances. It's just not consistent. Because next week he'll go and make a blunder, etc. But in this game, honestly, I thought he was... He was incredible. I thought everything he did was pretty flawless. I think he did one misplaced pass. But um, apart from that, I thought he was really good with the ball as well. Uh, when he went later on in the game to, to fullback, which I was a bit concerned about, in the sense that if you played centre-half all game and you've got your foot in, to then move out to play against a pacey winger, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. And he actually bombed forward well as well. So, yeah, really, really pleased for him. And I hope that, you know, that's, that's a big... As much as Neto has become onto a bit more and a clean sheet in general, after we've questioned Neto at the start of the season... That was massive for Neto and that was massive for Kelly. Yeah, I for them two individually, that that performance and that clean sheet could be huge for them too and obviously for us in general. I really hope it is. And after the game, we recorded the fan cams and then we sort of headed over to the main entrance where the players were coming out. One thing I have to say about Kelly is that he looked the most relaxed I think I've ever seen him leave, leave the stadium or leave a ground. Because sometimes he... He looks like he's thinking about something, he's overthinking, but he, he was just chilled. He was doing selfies with everyone and he looks like a man refre refreshed. And I think that Chris Temple is um, one of his tweets again, referencing you, Chris, all the time. If you're watching, bet you're loving this. <laughs> um, he's put all the contract talk behind him, said Chris. Yeah, just I think, yeah, just focusing on the football. And that's the one thing that I think is huge for him. He hasn't got the burden of the captaincy anymore. This, this now, yeah. I think, is is his chance. And on that performance, if he's doing that, it's sort of every so often, we're looking at like Nathan Ake fees. If, if yeah, yeah. yeah, or if we can, yeah, tie him down to a long-term deal. Exactly. Um, but yeah, listen, it's, it's one performance, but it was a very good one. I think there's been lots of talk about kind of criticism that he's received. Uh, mainly, I always think, was up down to that Burnley game in the Cup last season where he got a bit of um, booing and whinging and stuff from the fan base. And I, I, we talk about it a lot with kind of... Um, fans, songs, and atmosphere, blah. This man, we need to show him the love, so we need to get him a song out of everyone. Yeah. He needs a song. He needs to know that, Tom, that we love him. Between now... Yeah, I don't think you're ready for Lloyd Kelly. I don't think you're ready. I'll just come off the phone. Um, no, I think we need to we need to think of, of something for Lloyd. I think we just need to show him that, you know, he's not being ostracised by the fan base. Yeah. We, we'd love him to sign a new deal. And, yeah... It just it always makes a bit more when they you know they have a song sang about them and stuff. I'd love to get one for Lloyd, but yeah, absolutely delighted for him. As with Neto, who makes some big saves as well, mate. And he, look, just one more point about Lloyd. We we have criticized you know, and even we've criticised him, but it's mainly 
the frustration at knowing how good he is. Yeah, that's the main uh, point, I think. You know, if he if he wasn't that good and he was putting the in these performances, yeah. then yeah. But no, of course, I think I think he was sublime, as was Neto. Big save from him. Conor Gallagher. He he got some space in the in the cherries box and he managed to. I thought he was going to shoot earlier than what he did. Don't call it. Um, shift. He, yeah, he shifted the ball onto his right foot, but strong save from Neto. Should he have palmed it out to somewhere else, or was it so point blank I, that he just was yeah. happy to get anything on it? I think that's when you notice things about watching things live and in the stadium. You know where I sit, and I'm right behind that. And it's weird because when I've watched the highlights and I match the day stuff, I think, oh, it's kind of straight at his throat. And he saves it. In real time, watching it, I think, how has he got down and got a big answer to that? So it's weird, isn't it? I thought it was an unbelievable save. It's not an unbelievable save, looking back. But what it is, is to get down that quickly is impressive enough. But he's in there quite hard. That could easily just take us out and go in. And one out, that's a real strong risk there. So, yeah, really, really pleased that save. But I'm not going to say he should have palmed it anywhere else. I think the shot was pretty strong. But, yeah, pleased for Neto because, um, yeah, he's had a few shaky, he's had a bit of a shaky start. So, um yeah, he was. He looked full of confidence again. Um, leadership from the back, always shouting, and, and then everything he was asked to do, I thought he was faultless. Chelsea fans were getting a little bit frustrated towards the end of the half. They were shouting "attack, attack, attack," and you know they did sporadically. But once yeah. again, I, th- I felt like Bournemouth were just in the mood for it, and they looked the more likely, even though the stats may say one thing that they had more possession, more passes. I think more shots by about one or two in the end. We'll have a look at the stats on the screen now, actually. For the whole game, and there you can see how it panned out. You can see those stats on the AFCB.co.uk website. But in the second half, there there was another shot on target, and it was from our nemesis, the man who we put in a silhouette. Like if we stop this guy, we win. Well, we we sort of stopped him. Yes, um, I think later in the game, obviously we talk about this free kick chance that he had, which was a big moment, but. What I will say is I thought he started on one side, didn't get much joy, so went to the other side and we pocketed him again. I thought, don't get me wrong, he's always going to cause problems. We'd have a bloody good job on him. Both fullbacks were brilliant on him, I thought. Um, Maxi Aarons, mate. Oh, he was sensational. But, but Sterling is always going to be a threat, even if you do a good job on him, of course. And um, he was. The free kick is, the technique's perfect, nearly. And I mean, it's close, and it? it's close to getting over the line. Um, but we're very lucky that Colwell was just a little bit too eager you watch it back and he's just a little bit too eager, just runs off Aaron's too early, doesn't he? And um, so he was offside. So that's how twice in two one, not two weeks, because we had the international break, but mm. that's twice where the ball has gone behind Neto and you're just thankful that he didn't get any touch on it. Yeah, yeah. Because do you remember at Brentford that happened like that. from one post yeah. to the other? Yeah. He did so well to avoid it and he did the same again. Any touch and that'd have been in. But yeah, we were lucky. Um thankfully the flag went up straight away because at that point I just I just thought, oh no, here we go. This is but you know what? We have to ride our luck. Yeah, and I, I want to say you don't. We don't want to look like we're kind of bemoaning our luck all the time. But yes, fixtures have not been good. Yes, decisions we don't seem to get many. Yes, we've got a lot of injuries. But bloody hell, the woodwork's been good this season, hasn't it? It has been good. Brentford and Chelsea, the woodwork. I, I think the Jackson one was something enough. It was just a drag shot. But again, woodwork saved us there. Just it was great technique from Sterling. But um, it was it was a harsh. Actually, looking back at it, I think it probably just about was. But. I only saw the replay. He nearly got... I don't know if he touched the ball there. A lot of people nearly... Yeah. It was never the, the lad to my right. Um, I don't know if he... Um, I should have gone on the vlog, really, because he spoke so much sense during yeah. it, and I should have got just a, a quick chat with him at half-time because I thought he was great. Um, but he was adamant that uh, Maxi well, Aaron's got a little touch on it, but it was one of them that was just yeah. very... I think it was very similar 
to the penalty the Villa had against Crystal Palace. Yeah, the very most. It's been fifty fifty. Yeah, different ref would have let it go on. Yeah, yeah. I think the ref actually did well during the game as a whole. I thought yeah. I thought he was all right. Yeah, I thought he was okay actually. There wasn't any. Yeah, I did did think he was all right. I thought he yeah he made the like like you said earlier. He as soon as we counted, he didn't say oh it's your first one. He just booked Sterling straight away. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought he was he was pretty pretty fair on the whole. To be honest with you, um, thought there was but there was no like major major decisions. I thought it was quite a end to end game that all the fouls felt quite obvious. It was just trying to stop breakaways and but yeah, like you say, he dealt with it comfortably and um, thought he looked very cute. We had uh, a couple of chances. Lewis Cook had a shot on his right foot. Tavernier nearly repeated what he did against Fulham yeah. with that where he kind on his left foot, but alas, it. It cleared mm. the bar as well. And then we started to make a few changes as the as the half went on. Uh, three different substitution windows. So mm. Justin Cliver for, for Dongo that we know that he had a poor game. A half time, I think, on the vlog, I commented that I didn't actually think he was too bad. Uh, the second half, I think he did fade massively, but that's probably a bit exactly. more than it. And he's so young as well. But Clivert came on. That's the best performance that we've seen from him. Yeah. And also some other changes as well with Marcus Sanessi for Kirk, as we know that Lloyd Kelly shifted, as Tom said earlier. And then Tavernier, I thought, had a good game as well for Sinistera yeah. as well. Obviously, we know that Brooks came on later, but those changes those changes affected us for the better, I thought. Yeah, they did. I, I nearly looked like a, a genius for the people around me because I said, yeah, it's a banker, the first sub is Dango Batara's coming off on 60. And it was 62, I think. But um, yeah, and but all of us um, around me, myself included, said, oh, "I'm surprised it's not Semenyo. Why is he bringing on Cliver? Because I haven't seen enough from Cliver to think he would make as much of an impact as Semenyo." Yeah, that's why I'm not the gaffer because Justin Cliver was incredible when he come on. Everything good. They made a really good um, little bit of analysis on on match of the day. Yes, they did. Um, where they said, I don't know the exact stat. You have to look back on it, but. Solanke's touches yeah. in the box, he had like one or two. He, he had and, one in the first half. Right. And then when Cliver come on, he had like quadruple that. Yeah. He, so in the first half, he had one yep. touch in the box. In the second half, he had 12 touches in the nine. Nine of which happened, yeah. When Cliver was on the pitch. Which says it all. And it Cliver locks up. Yeah. What Cliver did really well, as I, as I felt, was just that. he was When he was getting the ball, obviously he wants to be players. He wants to drive the people, as we know. But he always looked like he was looking for Dom. He was looking for them runs. Dom was making more runs because he thought I can get off him. Um, he started on the left, then went over to the right. You know, and I didn't realise he could do both sides so well. He's got a good. You don't know if he's going to cross it or try and beat you. So I think the defenders were a little bit not sure. And I actually think, as much as people say, um, "Oh, he's just a good player," that's why they brought him on. I actually think they brought Chilwell on because they were a bit worried. Because yeah. Clyde went to that right side and then they brought Chilwell on. Yeah. I think they were thinking, "Oh, he's caused us a few problems there." Um, yeah, so I thought he was brilliant. And then, um, yeah, Tav is never going to play the full game either. Um, and so made that change. Sinister and Brooks didn't really get into the game. They didn't do anything wrong either. I thought Senesi, which I don't think enough people have spoke about, that block. That block is a stunning block. Um, I think that makes a really good save. And done a really good save. Well, there's a few moments in the second half. Yeah. There's pinball going. Yeah. So clears. But yeah, the one you were referring to. On... They call for handball. Yeah, they did. It was nothing. And there was also the one where... He makes a rash decision to jump in, Celesi, but he gets up, wins the ball back, plays Dom in, and we nearly score. Yeah. And you think that Brentford game, it was his ball to Dom. Yeah. Celesi is good at that. And I'll tell you what, it's weird that bringing on a centre half, mainly I think because Kirk has got a yellow mm. and moving Kelly across, actually nearly helped us up the other end because <laughs> the block he made, we broke and then he done something on that as well. So great options to have. Like we've alluded to plenty of times in this video, it's the fact that we've got a really strong bench to call upon now. You think someone's tiring, you could change it. And 
he seems like the same sort of ones because Christie just runs himself into the ground, so he kind of has to come off. I wonder if that's a. It's interesting that I think I understood bringing Brooks on. He's had a good a good week, international week, done really well, um, coming on against Brentford and against Swansea. But part of me in that role, I I think I wonder if Traore is more suited to that role than Brooks. Brooks likes coming off that ride, doesn't he? Yes, he does. I think in that ten role, I would have quite liked to have seen Traore, but I understood why Brooks come on. Yeah. Uh, when, has Justin Cliver is he left footed or right footed yeah I believe he's right footed yeah because there was a, left and that, that chance where he, he sort of cut in from the right hand side he, he he sort of played it forward I think it was what led to the free kick was, yeah. could have been a pen but I just thought could he have hit it with his left Cause I think it's because he's right footed yeah. it felt like it was opening up but then uh, to be fair he was going to just square it or just play a straight through to was it Donald Billing or one of the two yeah. I think um, and then the player makes the the foul, um, which was yeah, it was close, but it was clearly outside. To be fair, free kick was deflected. Hard free kick, and you could see Billing. I, I didn't, I noticed on the highlights because he's like gutted, and you see when you watch the replay back, he is so close to getting it through Gallagher's legs, yeah. and if that goes through his legs, bottom corner, and that's what he's trying to do, and it just clips his heel. So very unlucky from Billing, but you're never going to get up and over from there. So I understood the hitting it low. Um, can we just talk about Dom Slanky a minute? Uh, because Dom did have a number of chances. There was that one that was. I think I said it on the vlog or fan cams or something. Mm. Not dissimilar to Brentford, where he almost uses a man as a shield. Yeah. It fell nicely for him, and the keeper just That's sticks right. out a, a leg. But then in the closing stages as well, oh. where Cliver, brilliant, he sort of lofts the ball to him, and you just think, take it first time. He doesn't. He takes a, a bad touch because it goes out of play. But there are some people, and I think it's whilst we're waxing lyrical about how happy we are with this style of football, there are some comments which I think we should maybe refer to about the fact that we're not potent enough in front of goal. I think that Sky, one of the pundits on Sky, was saying they're not too sure where the goals are going to come from, um, which I think, I don't know, I don't quite subscribe to that theory. I think mm. Dom has shown that he can hit the back of the net, but... Do you think sometimes we just need a little bit more quality up top, or was it just those good? It was it was wet. The pitch was slick. I think everyone the, was taking extra touches during that game. I don't think there was a, a chance that you know Don, you know most people would score it kind of thing. I thought the one that you were saying where the key, key makes a really good save was like he does the right thing in my opinion. Sends keep the wrong way by trying to put it back in that near post, and the keeper does well. The other one is if that happens in the first half, I think he either controls it better or, as I agree, hits it. I think he's knackered. And I think when the ball comes over, he takes a lazy touch. He just dangles his foot at it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't... And I don't... I think what people don't realise, um, I think you'll appreciate what I'm saying there, is when you get... You don't think of it because they're defensive players, but when you get, like, say, a Tyler Adams available, for example, what that allows you to do is move Billing up. And if Billing's up... Because Billing at the moment is having to play a bit more... Uh, he's, had to, he's had to play a little bit deeper because of the fact we haven't got anyone else... So Billing's not in his preferred role, and we all know he's a top goal scorer last season. The Billing scores goals, but we have to play him deeper because of the options we've got. Once we've got Tyler Adams as an option, then you could quite easily in games just move Billing up, have Adams and Cook behind, and then suddenly Dom's got Billing next to him, and we know it's there's evidence that Billing scored good goals. I think Cliver already shown a little cameo that he could be lively and get a few goals. We don't know about Sinister yet. Dom will get goals still. We don't know how many, but he will get goals. I think that Semenyo's already shown in little bits that he'll get goals. Brooks will get goals now he's fit. Tavernier will get goals. I just, I just, one of the things that's frustrated me, there have been a number of times this season where we've had chances where the ball's been on the byline and is cut back. And do you remember like the goal that Billing scored against Liverpool? Yes. He's, he's 
about five yeah. yards deeper than that. And that's we just need yeah. that player to naturally get in that position. And that, really that, that kind of goes straight back into my point that I think Christie is brilliant as I think he's been, by the way. Um, and he's, he loves him because of the press he does. He's not that type of player. We know that. We know that's the, the reason Ryan Christie's playing for us and not a top team because he gives so much off the ball is because he hasn't got their numbers and he doesn't arrive in them positions. But Christie couldn't do the deeper role, in my opinion. So that's the problem. But like you say, when we get the ball to the byline, that is where Billing's really good at arriving late. Mm. And because of the fact that we're, Billings having to be a little bit more disciplined, I think you'll start to see the games where Adams comes available and Scott, and you've got more of a natural double pivot, Billing and Christie will almost rotate them positions of one will start, one will come on, blah, blah, blah. So I think that will help us. I think, I think the way it was, because obviously Justin Cliver was on the right-hand side in that moment where we sort of all thought maybe Solanke should have half-volleyed it. And Solanke was try, like, trying to time his run, but yeah. so he was he was looking to the right. So he was running quite awkwardly. And when that ball comes in, if he's going to hit it first time, he's got to wait for it to go across his body. Yeah. And he's facing almost the wrong way. And sometimes, sometimes you can get the cleanest contact with your instep and it'll just, and it'll just go completely yeah. the one position. Yeah. And it was one of them where I just think with the slickness of the surface as well, with the wet legs, you know, just everyone was taking extra touches, I thought, throughout yeah. throughout that game. He just wanted to set himself up. It didn't quite happen for him. And I think, you know, someone mentioned on the commentary, Simon Brotherton said about, you know, a confident striker would hit that first time or Jermaine Chester. I don't know. I think I'd pressure striker. I think if that, as I said, I think if that's first half, he might. But I agree. I think Dongo might have if he was in that position. Yeah, I kind of get the point, and I probably am kind of 60, 40, 70, 30 on the fact that he should have tried it first time. But equally, I think uh, Dom Solanke, if he makes that touch perfectly, as he normally does, he brings that down and probably scores anyway. And you go, that was the right decision to bring it down. It's just, he just looks, he just doesn't quite see it he's what he doesn't quite watch the ball all the way and yeah it is what is what it is but it's not an easy chance um but yeah it's probably if that comes earlier in the game maybe it um the results a bit better do you remember that um jamie i don't know who it was against i want to say either oxford or swindon where a ball was played over his head who uh james hater oh james hater did i say james Hayter? you said james and never said oh, that <laughs> <laughs> that's leaving you very early. yeah yeah um james Keane. <laughs> The ball was played over the top of him and he took a touch and then he just finished it really not. I think it was like Swindon or Oxford. It was like a great... And it was one of them where Dom couldn't quite could quite see the ball coming over and had to look at multiple things. So he's not quite James Ayer is what you're saying. He probably missed his bearings a little. Get that. All I'm saying is if Dom scores a three-minute hat-trick, then we might could, be able to mention you in the same. Breath. Could Dom lead the live of Borth Manor as James Hayter is right now? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, man of the match then. I mean... Tough, isn't it? There were several... Well, I think Sky Sports had was, Lewis Cook. Yeah, like that. Uh, I don't know what AACB's come out of. Um, it looks like... I'll quickly chat while you're chatting, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that it was bloody close. Right. But who, who would you... Because I think, like you say, Lewis Cook, there, obviously Neto got it from the sponsors. Yeah, uh, Neto got it from the sponsors. And look, judging by the fan cam reaction, there was uh, people waxing lyrical about Lewis Cook. Yeah. Lloyd Kelly. Uh, Maxi Aarons deserves a shout. I think that you know, Dom Solanke got a mention because of his work. Ray on match of the day. Not a player of the match type thing, but they you know they singled him out. Uh, and there were others as well that, that could have easily been mentioned, including like Ryan Christie, etc. Anyone, yeah. But go on. 
Well, yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, at the four, you've got, this is how close it was, 17%, 24%, 25%, 34%. Okay. And it was, it's not the sponsor's man of the match. It wasn't Sky's man of the match. It was my man of the match. Max Aaron's won it on right. um, Twitter poll, which I was, I don't know if you agree, but if you, if I had to, I think it's very difficult. I think you can make a case for so many, as you said. I think um, even people that went, I'd go under the radar like Zabani, um, who I thought was brilliant, but for me, I would have just pipped it to Max Aaron. He got up and down so well. And he just looked like he looked like he'd been playing there for ball with three. Yeah, and you could say what you want about Mudrick, who hasn't hasn't worked for Michel so far. He is rapping, he didn't look it against Aaron's. And then they switched Erlin and Sterling get didn't get any change out of him. I thought he was sensational and um chatting to Chris, who we've obviously had on the channel when we signed him from Norwich. And obviously Stacey got the winner for Norwich and he messaged me saying thank you for Jack Stacey's a Rolls Royce. And I just replied to him again, thanks for Max Aaron. He said, no, we, we're both buzzing. I don't have yeah, to. we're both buzzing. But honestly, this guy, oh, we got him for so cheap. He is so good. He is so good. I love him. And I found well, Jefferson Land replacement as my favourite. It's been difficult and I've been toying with a few. Max Aaron, Max Aaron's is my boy. I love him. He's my boy. And, it's, and you know what's really nice for us at the moment? We've got two... Fullbacks are oh, absolutely so Kirk has also deserves a mention. I think Ollie actually on the fan has put it really well. Like, and I think uh, Ben Boschak, who we chat to, the Hungarian football expert, said that he'll, you know, he'll put in the hard graft. And there are some games where he might not be, you know, up to his usual levels, but it'll still be a solid seven out of ten. And he was that, and I thought he was great as well. There are a few times that. Sterling managed to get the better of him on the byline where he managed to cut it back, etc. But equally, yeah. there are a few challenges that Kirk has put in that were great. And I just love I love that tenacity and yeah. enthusiasm about it. Yeah, I, I do I do love it. And the fact that he gives us already it the same happened with Hungary, I think that once he he kind of gives so much that that kind of latter stage of the game, he does come off sometimes. So so I understood the sub actually at the time. And uh, when you've got someone like Sinesi available and Kelly can play there, it made sense. But you're totally right that Kirkus plays brilliantly, but he's that good that we haven't really mentioned him because it's already I expect it from him. Yeah, he's nineteen yeah. years old, and I already think well, that's just Kirkus, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, no, he's probably the best left back I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, if you're not on the back of the net community, uh, we've got a little app called Telegram. It's not our app. We just use Telegram for so basically anyone who contributes to back of the net on a monthly basis to help support us mm. financially via our Kofi, which is at afcbpodcast.com slash Kofi. Details are at the bottom of the screen there. If you want to donate, it's a little as £3 monthly. Um, we'll give you early access to certain shows. We'll give you exclusives. And also Tom's player rating show that drops after every game. Yeah. And yeah, I 12 minutes of, of just enjoyment yeah. this morning. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think I alluded to it in there that I think apart from Dango but it was expected mm. that he was never it would have been a shock if he was just or you know what I mean all singing all dancing Dango Atara he's, he's only just come back and he still worked hard uh, I think apart from that I thought everyone had a really really good game um, to be honest and even that you know we've already mentioned the subs and made the impact but I was just well, I tweeted after the game I was just it's just so nice I mean nil nil for God's sake but I was just so nice to watch a game of football and felt like I couldn't blink like it was so enjoyable we were going for the win it would have been so easy and I would have almost understood it to go let's just keep the point there we just a big point but we just kept going it's just I'm just I'm just really enjoying watching watching us 
So statistically, mm. what do you think who scored had as what it looked like yeah. man of the matching in terms of the Ooh. the stats generated? I wonder if because of his saves and the clean sheet, the Neto might. Um... Let's have a look. Let's have a look. There we go. Yeah, well, bang on the money with eight points. And the next best player was Sanchez because yeah. of the saves they both made. And as you said, mate, it was um, Bowling v Foley and two good goalies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I get that because I was thinking statistically wise, he made saves and did leather ball in the back of his net. So and I kind of get that. I think Neto deserves a pull. It's because we've given him a bit of constructive criticism lately because I think he's been at fault for a few, but... He was brilliant. That's the best way. Him and Kelly in particular, best way to answer any critics. They were both superb. Um, and as I say, I thought everyone was, was really good, mate. And it was just, I don't know if you agree, but I just enjoy him watching us. You yeah. haven't won a football match. That's the thing. I think I'm, I'm, I'm Alex, enjoying it. Alex Deutsch, I saw him tweet something. You know what? It's, he, he felt as though, yeah, maybe we could have got the win, but he's he's now going to football and enjoying it. I think we're all feeling the same. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it's just... Yeah, and it's an identity that we can all subscribe to. Definitely. And and it's and I think what you always want, you mentioned it very briefly about the kind of um, average positions and stuff, that it's all quite similar every week, which shows they're buying into his ideas. But also I think there's very slowly, because it's obviously very early in the season and there's a small sample size, there's it will look better from game to game yeah. to game. That Brentford game, I thought we done really well. It was an open game. You can see a lot of similarities in the Chelsea performance in terms of it was a bit basketball matchy. But we didn't end the game very strong because I felt we ran out of steam, didn't have the bench. This time, that's the best we ended the game. Yeah. So if you're enjoying, if you're enjoying what you're watching, get behind the lads so we don't have to rely on raising the flag to create an atmosphere or any of the other stuff they do. Let's get behind the boys and look. Brighton on Sunday, absolutely huge for us. It really is huge. And look, if we can get something against them, you never know. I really enjoyed that time. Yeah, loved it, mate. And uh, looking forward to the next game already. And then we've got a midweek from the Cup, Fancy Cup run. It's all good. We're going to get that win. It's just around the corner. It, it won't happen on Sunday. Or will it? Billy, left footed. It's a cheeky one. Square! Podcast Network.